0: Pizza City is brought to you by Grande Cheese. Any pizza maker will tell you, besides the crust, the cheese is the most important part of the pie. So why not use the best? Grande was founded in 1941 by Filippo Candela. He had moved to Wisconsin from Italy to pursue his passion for cheese making. He named the company Grande because it's the Italian word for greatness. Grande secures milk from local dedicated family farms. They work closely with them to help them monitor cow health and milk quality. Plus, their cheeses are all-natural. That means their mozzarella has only four ingredients, pasteurized milk, cheese culture, salt, and enzymes. They produce a full line of Italian cheeses, not only part skim and whole milk mozz, but also ricotta, provolone, parmesan, and romano, sold as loaves, shreds, dices, and slices. Robert Garvey is the owner in Pizzaiolo at Robert's Pizza and Dough Company in Chicago. Named recently as one of the top 50 pizzerias in the world, he goes through thousands of balls of mozzarella every week. The grande mozzarella is on 99% of our pizzas, and it really, no matter what kind of ingredients we put on it, everything from duck to short rib to classics like sausage and pepperoni, it works, I mean, it works really well. So use the cheese the best pizza makers use. Request a sample at grandecheese.com or give them a call at 1-800-8-GRANDE. That's 1-800-8-G-R-A-N-D-E. Your pies will never look and
1: taste so good. I love our product. Like when you eat it in-house and you, you know, you get, you can have like that classic Neapolitan experience, but you know, we'll offer it with aged mats or fresh mots so that you can kinda like choose your own adventure.
0: A childhood trip to Italy sparks a love of pizza and you know how this story ends, or do you? It's a journey from Louisville to Rome and back. That means a love affair with Roman Altaglio that somehow morphed into a tiny shop in bourbon country where a Neapolitan style fueled by an all natural starter is the norm. The story behind Pizza Lupo straight ahead. straight fire pepperoni. I need a deep dish pepperoni and a thin
1: sausage to go. Can I get two Cheez-Avors and one uh, Detroit? Can okay, I get one large pet, one large sausage, and one large pet special?
0: This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA, The Ultimate Chicago Pizza Guide, and founder of Pizza City Tours and Pizza City Fest. And welcome, everybody. Great to have you along with us for another edition of Pizza City. We are jumping around the country the next couple of weeks. I've been on a quest to keep my United 1K status, and that has meant a lot of short trips. So one trip to Atlanta lasted about three hours, just enough to have lunch in the airport and then flew home. But I have been able to stop in some great little towns, Columbus, Ohio, where I saw Darren Izzo of the namesake Sausage Company. Maybe you've heard of their pepperoni. Uh, Darren introduced me to Ohio Valley style pizza, which is kind of bizarre but quite good. Uh, cold shredded provolone and pepperoni placed onto hot, right out of the oven, thin Romanish crust with hot tomato sauce. And the ambient heat kind of melts the cheese when you close the box, but not completely. You also should ask for an extra little side bag of cheese, apparently. Um, Better than it sounds. Anyway, try to get an interview with the family behind one of the OGs there, but they declined, so we'll have to go back there one day. Uh, But then I'm on to Louisville, where there is more bourbon than any one person can possibly drink in a visit. But there's also pizza there, specifically a neo-Neapolitan from a wood-fired oven that begins with an all-natural sourdough starter. Now, this is interesting because I I went to um, the restaurant, and then I interviewed Max Ballier. Uh, and then went to a bar afterward and ran into the folks from Barvetti uh, who were so kind talking about their pizza. So then I ran over to their place before they closed at 9 o'clock and had another pizza at Barvetti. Also, very good, kind of thin artisan, not necessarily um, that wood fired, blistered edge, but um, there's a little pizza scene going on in Louisville. So Max Ballier was strongly influenced by a trip to Italy as a kid, and he could never quite shake that bug. I will preface this by saying, when you go to Lupo, be sure to get the Caponata. I love Caponata. And theirs is as good as anywhere I've had. So here we go. We started off as we always do by asking our guest about their first pizza memory.
1: When I was younger, living in Louisville, my family moved to Louisville when I was about five years old. So, it was probably some chain pizza, which was predominantly what was available here in Louisville. Probably nothing too romantic. It was probably something uh, pretty pedestrian, and for the longest time living in Louisville, Kentucky, like there weren't a whole lot of options as far as what you could get so you know a lot of it was just kind of whatever you could find and it wouldn't be until later that I would you know have some experiences that made me aware that there was something else out there that you could be excited about. So tell me about that what what got you excited about pizza and when did you get into pizza as a kid? Well so when I was younger you know I was lucky enough that my family took a family trip to Italy. That was definitely a big eye-opener for somebody that had grown up in Louisville like seeing this incredible culture of pizza that is so far removed from what I was used to it was you know it was culture shock. I'd say the first pizza that I had when I was in Italy when I was really young it was probably in Rome and it was probably in Altaglio you know probably not uh, a wood fired but you know kind of like the you know like that classic style just real you know cheap and easy and fast just counter you know sliced with scissors and weighed out. Crispy, crunchy, though, as opposed to soft and chewy. Sure. What is this? What's going on? Like, (laughs) mind being blown. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, we would see, like, the wood-fired stuff. We ate at some wood-fired Neapolitan spots. Uh, On that first trip, we didn't go to Naples, but, you know, we ate at places that were doing Neapolitan, and that kind of blew my mind. I got impressed with it enough that I was trying to replicate this at a young age. Like this was back when you couldn't find all this info on the internet. You know, what do you remember? I got into making my own pizza doughs and like I convinced my mom to buy me a pizza stone because somebody told me along the way that's the that's the way to do it. And this was like it was a hobby for me when I was even a young kid that would later continue. I went back to Italy when I was A teenager kind of with this like I got to see how deep this goes I got to find more of it I went to school to be a mechanic I was gonna I was in the automotive industry for a couple of years before I started working as a dishwasher at a restaurant while I was in school and it just so happens that this first restaurant that I was a dishwasher at they had a wood-burning oven I had no idea when I applied for the job I showed up and I was like well shit there it is. Immediately, I was like, I, I got to work that. Thing. I worked my way up to the line. They, they let me get in there. They needed cooks, so it was not hard to talk them into that. Yeah, note to young cooks listening.
0: I mean, if you're interested in something, you just get in on the ground floor. There's a chance somebody's going to not show up or will be
1: sick, and they'll need somebody to step up, and you'll get a chance. Absolutely. I mean, that's in my opinion, that's probably the smartest way to get into the industry. You know, we've, I've worked with a lot of kids that went to culinary school and it's a pretty like, well-known industry thing that like, you know, that's one way to go if you've got a very specific goal, but uh, most of the guys don't do it and it's not necessary. So you're working this oven
0: now and you're figuring out the hot spots, and you're making Neapolitan pizzas, right? Are you thinking, okay, I'm gonna do my own place at this point?
1: I got to see how it all worked. And I, you know, pretty quickly had a lot of critiques of the way that they did it. But you know, I'm I'm an 18 year old kid with absolutely no pull, and all of my ideas about like the types of cheese that we should be using or the type of dough that we should be making—they're—they're they're not listening to me. I was a kid, yeah. and so you know, that kind of gave me this feeling of like, well, if they won't let me do it here, how am I going to get this out of my system? And it—it it started my drive to build what would eventually be pizza lupo it's i gotta do this because i just have to and after that first cooking job where i made pizza in that wood-burning oven i worked at three other places between then and now doing pizza you know just kind of like I, I saw every different way that they would make pizza in louisville and you end up opening in 2017 finally right you like is it or in butchertown
0: Yes, we are in Butchertown. Uh, yes, we opened in 2017. Probably wasn't really much of a pizza scene in Louisville. We're kind of in this no-man's land between the South and the Midwest, not known for a specific pizza style. Although I will tell you, on the walk over here tonight, I saw a place with a chalkboard, sandwich board uh, outside saying Louisville-style pizza, and I kind of had a laugh. I'm like, I've never heard that before.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, it's funny that that was written, but that's kind of like what I've called you know, the majority of the local pizza spots in Louisville since I've been a kid they've been almost like college town. It's all about just as much of everything as you can put on something, like just tons of cheese, you know, tons of like, you know, uh, nothing but the most. (laughs) It's not like they put burgoo on it or soak it in bourbon
0: or have these other sort of Louisville I mean, I always think of like Louisville pizza should be something that represents the region and when I think of the region I think of like you know the burgoo, the stew, the the bourbon, the
1: fried chicken, the, I don't know, mint juleps. That's what I think of, not pizza. Sure, yeah. And, I mean, Louisville does have some, you know, some food traditions and culture with that kind of stuff. Pizzas, you know, in, in my opinion, for a long time, it was always just kind of uh, an afterthought. Uh, it took us a while before we even got, like, a New York-style place. Now we've, we've got a couple now. Uh, but but there's, yeah. a, you said there's about two or three that are doing what you're doing in, in, out of the wood-fired oven. There are a couple other wood-fired places in town. Uh, I wouldn't call, I don't think they would call themselves either uh, like strictly Neapolitan or even like Neo-Neapolitan. It's more just like it's a wood-fired pizza, you know, in in their style, which, you know, that's cool. And you're not chasing a VPN certification or a VPN, are you? No. I, uh, you know, I I played with the idea when we first opened. Um, I, I actually did the application process and I talked to them. And it was, it was fascinating, uh, but it was also frustrating. And I think what I learned more than anything was that like I, how much I value my own individuality and like how important it was to me to do my version of this style the, the way that I like it. You know, and, and the VPN was very rigid. It's very kind of, you know, it, it has to be this and and they don't want to hear your argument on why it shouldn't be. And, you know, I respect that, but it, it was uh, pretty quickly, it was obvious that that was not like a, a good fit for what I wanted to do here. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come
0: back, we're going to keep talking with Max Ballier here about uh, how he makes a pie in his beautiful oven uh, inspired by a place you've probably heard of. And we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Max Ballier, the owner of Pizza Lupo in the uh, Butchertown uh, section of Louisville. And uh, this restaurant opened in 2017. When you were starting, you said you did a commercial yeast and then you moved into the all-natural starter. How long did it take you to realize that?
1: So, I mean, the going sourdough was a, was a goal from the beginning. That was something that I, I had always wanted to do. We started with the commercial yeast and we did that for... At least a year and a half, maybe two years, kind of just experimenting with the sourdough. It's a lot to get that schedule together. Did you seek advice from people who are already doing that? Oh, for sure, yeah. No, I was reaching out to anyone that would talk to me about it, basically, and it's hard to get pizza guys to talk about dough if, you know, unless you're you're close friends, but... There were a couple of guys out there that were willing to talk to me, and I appreciated that. You know, through trial and error, and, and that was the thing that was, it's hard to, to work bench that without like having the infrastructure. It, it almost had to happen by being open first, and then, you know, just figuring out our system and what works for us. Let's start with the flour. A couple of flour bags over here I saw. What, what do you use? Our mixer is from Italy. It's a spiral mixer, so it's got the rotating bowl. You know, helps keep it cool while it's, uh, while it's whipping it up. Uh, Is that a friction factor thing? Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: I, I still think someone should come up with a
1: show called The Friction Factor, but anyway, I digress. With the flour? The flour, we were using caputo for a long time. We switched to the Sagione. I like it better. It's a little bit stronger than the blue caputo, but it's not quite as strong as like the red. Uh, it's that nice little middle ground. We need that strength for the sourdough. We're doing a big Levan, we're doing a big Audley's, Uh We're mixing it together, we're letting it bulk ferment, and then we're portioning, and we're letting that ferment further and rest, and then we're bringing it over to where we open it and bake it. After that bulk, are you uh, cold ferment? We do a little bit of cold ferment. The, the bulk of it, the majority of it rather, is at room temp but we will actually retard it a bit in the cooler as well all said and done between room temp and refrigerated it's getting usually about 36 hours total and obviously that goes a long way to developing that sour flavor and giving us the leaven that we need
0: all right let's talk through one of these now we're currently it's during service and there are four pies on the line here that are getting stretched and topped um, do you want to talk about one in particular? You want to just start with the one that the gentleman is stretching here with his hands, kind of pressing down like a piano?
1: Sure. So we're, you know, the first thing we do when we open the dough is we dock it with our fingertips. You know, we want to get it kind of docked out, and then we do a little hand toss. We stretch it out to 16 inches. Working
0: over semolina, it looks like?
1: Yeah, we do it. Uh, we do the fine semolina. It's like the double zero semolina, and we keep that on the whole line so that we can keep them and you know loose and slide them down when we've got them going.
0: And your guys are eyeballing it, but they're going to about 16 inches.
1: Correct. Yeah, and those final little adjustments are going to be made right before it goes in the oven. So as long as we can get it, like uh, you know, within the ballpark, then when it's transferred to the peel, we do those final adjustments using the peel itself as kind of a gauge on how big to make it, and then it gets launched into the into the oven. We'd never use a screen, would you? Never. 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 No. Okay, no. I know. All right. So he's spreading on some cream. It looks like. Uh, this is actually the uh, buttermilk ricotta. So this is. This is like a thinned-out ricotta that we use as a white base on this. Next to it, it looks like a traditional margarita. Yep. These are the tomatoes from Bianco di Napoli, uh, mozzarella, and fresh basil. From cheese from? Grande. From, okay. Good. Yeah. yeah, we get the all of our mozzarella other than the bufala is from Grande. And the bufala is from Italy? Yes, okay. we get it sent. Uh, it comes from Campania. Okay, and now he's putting on a little, uh, little like fresh matz. Yep, yep. Fresh Matz goes on this one. I'm seeing the cambozzola, which means this is the milk and honey. So this is our cambozola mozzarella, garlic gets finished with our hot honey that we make here uh, at, the, at the very end
0: post-bake. Curious about the pepperoni. I just, I'm just i looking in the, the mise en place here. Anybody particularly want to mention the pe- pe- pepperoni?
1: Yeah, we get our pepperoni from Ezzo. That's the SS, the char on the edge. Okay. Uh, it's great in a wood-fired oven because that heat will give you the little char
0: on the edges. And I'm looking at this beautiful red Pavese oven. The only one in Chicago I've seen is at Roebuck, but obviously nerds will know this is the uh, Roberta's oven, uh, that big red uh, exterior. It's so funny, they've got their website
1: on the mouth of the oven, the Pavese yeah. site. You're, you like this because why? Honestly, uh, you know, when we were starting the research for this restaurant, I ate at Roberta's, and you know, I saw a lot of wood burning ovens on in my studies and you know, researching for this, and that oven is just so like striking, you know, the the look of it, that that probably sold me on it more than anything else. It's a big oven, by the way. It's really deep. Yeah, we got the big one. Uh, That was the biggest one that they had at the time. I think they might have a bigger one now. And honestly, I'm... Glad that we got the bigger one, because you know we started doing 12 inch pies, uh, and then post COVID, we switched to 16 inch and if we had the smaller one, which is perfect for you know 10, 12 inch pies, it probably wouldn't be enough for the volume that we're putting out at this size.
0: You must have some kind of a warning or a caveat to customers who do the delivery or the carryout because your pizza clearly changes
1: significantly once it leaves the door. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, you know, something you'll see with all Neapolitan is that it's it's best the minute that it's made. If you can eat it as soon as it comes out of the oven, that's the, that's the, that's the goal. We gave the option for the first time after 2020 for the aged motz instead of the fresh, which travels better in some people's opinions. But yeah, at the end of the day, like, the best way to have it is right out of the oven.
0: Something is happening here near the mouth of the oven. One of your cooks is taking out some pepperoni from a skillet that he's been sauteing and
1: they look crisped up a little bit into cups. What's going on over here? Well, so we do not offer half and half pizzas. You get the pizza, it's its own thing. It's one of my little, we're not crossing that. Yeah, I hear you. And so what we see a lot is that somebody will get, you know, I want the pepperoni on the side and so if they do that i assume it's because somebody wants a pepperoni pizza and somebody doesn't and so rather than just give them a bowl of cold pepperonis we'll actually flash them in the oven so they've got you know something closer to what they were expecting that's great wow i like that
0: now i I was hoping someone was going to order a svinchon because i ate the svinchon before this interview but i'm going to have you just take me through it and talk through it because that really was a remarkable pizza obviously very anchovy and tomato forward uh, you're a big fan of Sicilian. I had a caponata here also as an appetizer, which was just incredible. Uh, you must get that when you come here. Take us through the, the Sfincione a little bit. What, how did that come
1: about and what's on it? Sure, so uh, Sfincione, you know, classic Sicilian, you know, the sponge or however it translates. It's a weird pizza to try to replicate in a Neapolitan or a Neo-Neapolitan, since it's so much about the deep dish and, you know, that sponge. But what I really loved about it was obviously anchovy, tomato, favorite flavors of mine, the breadcrumb topping that gives kind of that texture contrast. But the breadcrumbs are orange colored because of the Calabrian chili oil? Correct, yeah. We actually do like a Calabrian chili puree and mix the breadcrumbs with that. And so they turn into kind of like Calabrian chili breadcrumbs, essentially. From three feet above
0: the pie, it looks like trout roe, which was kind of interesting. But that gives you this great crunch in the, in every bite that you've got that you typically don't get that kind of crunchiness in a neo-Neapolitan, but continue. And there was also something, oh, sliced garlic.
1: Yeah, it's got some, uh, you know, so like the classic spinchona you'll see like onion or uh, garlic on top, just kind of like baked into it, like a focaccia. We do the thin sliced garlic and thin sliced shallot on top of it, uh, and that's you know part of that, just another nod to that classic style. So
0: delicious. Lots of umami from the anchovy, obviously, but a delicious pizza. It's got a little bit of a little wider cornicione. I wouldn't say it's Anthony Mangieri wide, but it's a little bit wider than normal. Um, but again, you wanna present that char and that chew, yeah?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love the Konodo style. I think it's cool. I know it's polarizing with some of the community, but to me it's like showcasing this dough that, you know, we spend more time on the dough than anything else here. If we can highlight it by putting a little extra in the edge and it puffs into that, you know, beautiful crumb and you can get the little lattice work inside. That's, you know, it's a it's we're showing off a little bit with the extra dough on the outside. I did, uh, your servers
0: uh, suggested some dipping sauces. I typically stay away from those, but I got to tell you the you had like a, a ranch that had a little chili in it, yeah? Or, and then there was uh, the tomb. The tomb was a garlic sauce.
1: Yeah, so we do the, the tomb was, it's big with the, we, we get some vegans that come through. We've got, you know, classic uh, marinara. I try to avoid any of the like vegan cheese stuff. It's just not really my style. And uh, honestly, like marinara's, marinara pizza is like my favorite you know, go back and forth between that and just classic margarita. Uh, so we do, we've do. we got the Tomb because it's kind of like a garlic butter, but it's, you know, it's vegan. And Tomb is just delicious on everything. So, you know, that seemed like a no-brainer. Uh, the Ranch, we started doing that with 2020. You know, all the carry-out, all the delivery. There's people that just want to sit on the couch and dip their pizza. And, I'm, you know, I fought it for a while. We didn't have Ranch on the opening menu. But, you know, at some point I was like, just... Whatever, all right, we'll make one. Okay, final question we ask all
0: of our guests. Knowing what you know now about pizza making, what would you have told yourself in 2016
1: before you opened to be successful in pizza? That's a, that's a good one, that's a good question. Uh, I think that I didn't, in the, in the first days, I probably underestimated carry out and delivery for sure you know like that was a market that we didn't even try to get uh, because I felt so much of the you know you should eat it you should sit down and eat it like that's what it's designed to do. Uh, figuring out ways to enable that and like encourage that even uh, opened up like a whole different you know uh, demographic but it also opened up just a bigger amount of just customers. So. You know that, that was something that I learned. So not being such a purist that you are gonna say
0: no to delivery and carry out.
1: Yeah, I would say that that's definitely something I learned. No, looking back, like I, I I love our product. Like when you eat it in house and you you know you get you can have like that classic Neapolitan experience, but you know we'll offer it with aged moths or fresh moths, so you can kind of like choose your own adventure. You know if you want to do this. If you want to do a pepperoni pizza with aged schmatz like you know more new york style we we got it and it's it's delicious it's and to
0: your point about, we were having a conversation earlier about the carryout thing like i mentioned jonathan goldsmith at spack in chicago during covid you got a pivot obviously and he's got an electric oven to start doing his carryout only but if you dine in you're eating pizzas out of the wood-fired oven. So, you know, the purist, you dine in the restaurant, you get the real wood-fired pizza, but if you're gonna carry it out, you get the electric because you can have more control and you can actually bake a pizza that sets a bit better, that's not quite so wet, which is a hallmark of a Neapolitan. Um, all right, the restaurant, again, is called Pizza Lupo. It's in Butchertown here in Louisville. It's really a remarkable little place. Um, get the caponata for sure, <laughs> but I highly recommend this Finchon. Um, Max Ballier, thank you so much for your time, and uh, what a pleasure it's been to, to dine here.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: All right, coming up in two weeks, we are in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, where a pan pizza is born among a sea of pierogies.
1: But I just really wanted this to be like the pizza to be good really taught me how to like work with dough because I'm not classically trained. Um, I don't know all the words. I just know what I'm doing and I do everything by look and by feel. I'll
0: talk with Jenny Olbrick of The Esters about her personal pan pizza that's not so easily definable. That's in two weeks on January 5th, our first show of 2024. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, tell a friend and rate us please. Also a reminder to support the show at anchor.fm slash pizza city. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram, and our website is pizzacityusa.com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always. Happy New Year, everybody.